Welcome to Tauri's Community Church. We hope this talk helps you in figuring it out because we believe that when people discover truth and love, they are able to face life in a different kind of way and come alive. If this talk is relevant for you and you wish to discover more, please head over to tauraisecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. And with that, we hope you enjoy today's talk. I'm going to invite my friend Claudette up. Um, and we're going to have a little chat about what God's doing in Claudette's story, in her world, because it ties in so beautifully with what Melinda's just shared. A lot of what Melinda's hoping for and what she's seeing around the country is things that, that we're hoping for and believing in. So, Claudette, welcome back to Tassie. Thank you. For those of you that don't know, Cla- uh, Claudette lives up at uh, Casino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Up in North um, New South Wales, almost up to the border between uh, the Gold Coast and yeah. Yeah, yeah. New South Wales. Yeah. The last time you were in this room, it was quite, quite traumatic, wasn't it? This it was, was the first time you've been back since that Yeah, last time event. I was on this stage, I kissed my son's coffin. Yeah. yeah. So that was two years ago when you lost your son? Yeah, just over two years. It'll be three years this August. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you've come back for the trial, so we can't yep. say too much about that because we don't want to jeopardise the, the trial in any in any shape or form. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the next few weeks are, are going to be quite tough and quite traumatic. Tell us what mm. the last... Um, tell us what the last two years have been like because you've had to process the loss of your son mm. and especially in such a violent way? Um, well, as you can imagine, it was pretty traumatic. Um, it's been a long road and... But every step of the road, I knew that God was with me. I can remember Sharon telling me for certain things that I felt I had to do was like, once you do that, you can't go back like when I wanted to see Jake's body. And everyone tried to talk me out of it. Even my daughter, she got very angry with me. Um, But I just felt that I had to do it. It was something that I had to do. Um, When he went into the house where he was murdered, from that point on when he went into that house, no one had touched him that loved him like I did. So I I had to do that. I felt I had to do that. And when I look back now, I think, God, why, why, why was I feeling so strong in wanting to do that? It was like I had, it was like a horse in a race. I had blinkers on, and that's all I could see. And I think that being able to do that, I don't feel traumatized by what I've seen. I didn't even cry seeing him like that. I, I cried when I seen him in the coffin, but that's not how I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him. I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see his tattoos. I wanted to see him not covered up. And when I did that, I felt it was the most amazing thing. Like, I I was like, it was three and a half weeks um, decomposition. And Finney's were really awesome. Like, they explained everything, what I'd see and stuff. And it was like when I walked up and I stood beside his body and I put my hand on him, it was like I took my first big breath. It was like I'd... Mm-hmm. You got to love him yeah, as a mum. Like, it was like I, I was holding my breath for all that time. And when I took that big breath, it was like I'd come out of something. 
I can't even do justification for what it was like. But it was like I was able to breathe again and I had this incredible peace and love. And it just, it was like it engulfed me. It came up from the top of my head and it just went right down. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I would see him again. What most people don't know is that Jake was saved when he was a little boy. He started even speaking in tongues when he was 11. And um, he went down a dark road. He had a foot in one side and a foot on the other. And, um, and I guess there's things I can't say, but I know that when he was taken, he was able to cry out. I know that. I struggled with something that happened, and I'd love to tell you, but I can't. But I know he was given time to cry out, and I believe that's why I got what I got when I stood beside him. It was like God gave me that to hang on to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that peace of God, isn't it? Yeah. That transcends everything, yeah. doesn't it? And you can't describe the confirmation it. of the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit can whisper things that we just yeah. can't see in the natural. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, being here today was the first time since his funeral, and you guys are so lucky. Like where you're sitting now, there were seeds just scattered that day of the funeral, and for me, it's like standing. This is like God's garden this is how I see it you know that seeds were thrown and people did not like what was said and but I've started to have glimpses of people that are their lives are changing from what was said you know it's like I was telling Sharon earlier it was like looking into God's little greenhouse and all these little plants are coming up starting to break the surface you know and 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 that gives me hope you know because he didn't die in vain. When Jake was seven, no, seven weeks old, sorry, we're getting a bit confused. We used to go to a Christian outreach centre. It was a tiny little church and it was in a hall called Cedar Point. The pastors have passed away now, they're lovely people. And it was actually the first spirit-filled church I went to. And um, there was a visiting minister there from Byron Bay. He was a surfy dude. And it was amazing. When he was, it was, he was getting dedicated and the visiting minister actually said... He'd come up and he said, I've got a word for him that he would change lives and that he would, people would marvel at what he does, you know, and people would follow him. And I thought, wow, you know. And I've seen it throughout his years as in people just flocked to him. He was very charismatic. And, um, and then when he died, I said, you know, I thought to myself and I said to God, why? How can that be, you know? But then I'm seeing it. It wasn't through his life, but it was through what happened to him. You know, God didn't cause it to happen, yeah. but he allowed it. For what reason, I don't know. Yeah. So since over the last two years, you've had lots of other mothers who've lost sons. You've had, yeah. um, you've, you've even had, I know you've confronted a, a lot of people who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, so you've confronted a lot of people about... Um, some of the evil that they're committing, some yep. of the bad things that they've committed. Yep. And um, out of that have come all sorts of amazing conversations about faith, about God, about mm. uh, Christianity, about Jesus, yep. about life. <laughs> how, how does that feel when you're, you're connecting in, in that? Like, 
Melinda's just sort of talked about how open people are to the scripture. And I know at the funeral, I mean, we certainly felt that backlash and that resistance to what was being spoken at the funeral. That, and it was pretty mild. It was. <laughs> it was very mild. <laughs> and it was done in, in great love. Yeah. But, but are you seeing what she's seeing in, in terms of that people are open? You've just got to knock on the door and start having conversations. Yeah, you've, you've, you've got to be bold. And, and you once told me that what others think of you is not, not your business. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. And I was always ridden with that, you know, what are people going to think? But now I don't care. Because, you know, if we don't tell people in a way, God, God, will, God will present that way, you know, he will open that door of opportunity. But if we don't present that, we might be the only one that does. Like she said, you know, that we might be the only one praying for a certain person. You know, it's really, it's really important. If you've got that opportunity, don't miss it. Yeah. You know. We've got court over the next month. And um, what's your hope? Because I, I, most, most people would think that your hope would be justice, um, that mm. the um, cell door be um, slammed shut on on the perpetrator, but that's not actually your... You have a totally different agenda, don't mm. you? Do you want to just share so that maybe we can help pray yep. uh, for that to come into place? Yeah. Um, well, before I come to Tassie, I was down in Wollongong because my dad's been sick. And, you know, I always believe that there's pieces of puzzle in your life that, you know, sometimes you might not find that certain piece that goes in that certain hole, but eventually it'll come. And um, so six weeks I was down there and I, 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 I thought, you know, I was away from my family and my kids and I really was able to use that time to just focus on Dad and going, you know, to the hospital every day and just reading as much as I could and listening to worship music and just preparing myself. And, you know, for a while now I've had this... this oh, I can't even describe it. It's like this... It's like an expectant mother, I suppose that's the only way I can put it into words, that something's going to happen and I believe God's going to do something in the trial. The sentence is nothing to me. I, that's past. It used to be that. I wanted him in, in there for good, just put him in a dark room and lock him away. But it's not like that anymore. Like, I keep thinking of Jesus on the cross. It always, it always comes to me and, you know, there was those two men on the cross with him and one said, you know, remember me and the other one mocked him. And I think, you know... Even though I'm not allowed to say the POS term of what that word means, but that's what I associate with him. But even Jesus died for him as well. So for me, I hope one day he gets saved. You know, people probably think I'm a bit crazy to think that way, but I don't know. I've, I've never, from the moment they took them into custody, I've never been able to let anger or hatred in. I've refused to do it. I've seen what it can do to people, and I won't do it. So... I don't know, God's going to do something through the trial. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if I'll see it, but I know I'll feel it. It, it could be as simple as a jury member that just changes, gets saved. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't put it into words what I feel, but it just gets stronger and stronger as each day comes closer. Yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited. You're pregnant. <laughs> with hope. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're believing that great things. And I've seen you, even since you've, you, you arrived a week ago, Mm. And I've seen you intentionally have intentional conversations with all sorts of people mm. where you're, 
you're going, this is my story, so tell me your story. Mm. This is where God's at in the middle of my story. Yep. Um, has that been freeing, having those kind of conversations? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. and they're the conversations that I imagine that you're looking for both before, during, in trial and then after trial, that, yep. that yep. out of this will come great things. Yep. Did you ever feel like Job? Did you ever feel like everything was taken away yep. and how could... In the story of Job, um, Job loses everything and then God restores back to him um, just about everything. Yeah. Um, have you felt like Job in this season? Yeah, well, I really wrestled with that story for quite a while, actually thinking how can God give me back what I'd lost with my son. And then not too long ago when I started talking to certain people, I had opportunities I just felt to reach out. Now, these people didn't even speak to me at the funeral. I didn't know them. I knew of them, but I didn't know them. And um, I kind of, I guess it was a bit like a revelation that, you know, God didn't take him from me. He's still there. Like, he's, he's in my heart. He's in my memories. He's in my very DNA. And he gave me what I experienced when I stood beside him. I know I'll see him again. So he never took him away. You know, so I don't look at it that way no more. But I feel that he's restoring me in other ways, like with new relationships. You know, I, I had a... My son went out last night and when I left him, he was actually had his head over the toilet bowl. He had a bit of a rough night. Anyway, um, he sent me a message saying that he'd seen this person that I had reached out to recently. And then next minute, I get a message from this person saying, oh, I'd just seen your son. <laughs> so, you know, it's like little... Just little relationships that are growing and, I don't know, I guess... I don't feel like a mum, but I, I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it. He's giving me other things, you know, giving me back more than what I had before yeah. in that story yeah. like that. So I, I, I kind of feel like that, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm not very good with words. Like, my grammar's terrible too when I write things. <laughs> but, yeah, he just, uh, I just, I don't know. I'm just really grateful and I guess he's taught me to be grateful. I'm... This is just for me, like you were talking about a season of gratitude. Well, for me, this is what it is. It's being grateful for every single little thing every day, you know, even being able to be here today and have this opportunity to talk to other people and see old friends and, yeah, just being grateful for everything. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in the valley, you're on the mountain, you be grateful, you know. So we're believing for great things out of this next yep. few weeks yep. um, and um, we're just believing, just like Melinda was saying, I believe that we're in a great opportunity spiritually, whether we mm. can see it or not is up to each individual. For me, mm. I'm seeing lots of people open in ways that they've never been open before yep. um, and I just believe that those people that are entrapped... Um, in worlds that we're well, I'm unfamiliar with. That Jesus did die for them. Mm. That He loves them immensely. Mm. That the last two years, because I know there were some days where it was hard to get out of the bed, hard mm. to get out of the bedroom, hard to see another son come up without your son. That's mm. grief um, and and trauma. Yeah. Um, but despite all that, seed was sown, and yeah. that we are believing that there is going to be. Um, fruit mm. from what we've sown. Yeah. So we're asking everyone here to pray, not only for uh, Claudette's um, contacts and friends and for us 
as we go through trial, but also for your own friends that you might actually see what God sees. Because sometimes as Christians we can get a little bit selfish in that we only see what we want to see rather than we might see a heart that's curious or we might see a heart that's broken or we might see... And sometimes we have to get over ourselves. Sometimes it's easy to throw a self-pity party, isn't it? Like it would be very easy for you to throw a self-pity party and I could have a lot of compassion for you in the middle of that. But what I love is what God's done in you in Mm. that um, you don't have... You don't have everything that you want, but no. he's replaced it with other things yeah. and you can see what he's doing in your life. Yeah. So to be able to see what God's actually doing in our mm. lives. Mm. Davo, where are you? Are you in here? Do you have a word for Claudette at all? No? If you do in a few minutes, because I love putting you on the spot because I feel that you have. This is how we work together. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. You're going to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, we pray for um, Claudette and Mal and the kids, both the ones that are here and the ones that are back in Casino. We ask your blessing on them. Father, we know that um, not all, all of Claudette's kids know you yet, not intimately, not you as Emmanuel. And we pray that whilst they're here that, something might shift in their heart that they might discover that you are Emmanuel with them that you work all things for good even when we can't see goodness you work all things for good that they will have an experience of that an understanding of that Father we pray for court we pray for the courtroom we pray for the jury we pray for the judge we pray for the lawyers we pray for the families on all sides that will be present we pray for the victims and we pray for the perpetrators and holy spirit we just pray that you will be present that the air will be thick with your love with your your um power your strength your righteousness your mercy your goodness And Father, in our world, we medicalise so much stuff, which is actual spiritual battles which go on. We give people labels when in actual fact it can be unconfessed sin that warps and distorts who we are. Father, we just pray for confession. We pray for a turning away. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just permeate that whole area with your love and that you will have your way. And Father, we pray for the conversations around that courtroom. We pray for conversations over mealtimes. We pray for conversations that might happen in the pub. We pray for conversations out in the street. We pray for conversations with the press. Father, we pray for wisdom, clarity, but most of all that you'll be proclaimed in this because you are still sovereign. You still died. That your love and your mercy extends to everyone. And Father, I pray for Claudette. I, I believe that you've, you know, you've impregnated her with hope and um, a seeing in the future that we can't see. But you've given her that. And Father, I just pray for wisdom and love. Just give her incredible love. 
And Father, as a church, may we stand with Claudette in this. May we just stand and be hopeful and watchful, interceding and praying for our sister. But Father, also give us eyes to see those that are around us. During this COVID season, you have planted so much seed and people are curious and they're asking questions they haven't asked before. But sometimes, Father God, we can be so selfish and so self-absorbed with our own life and our own difficulty and our own drama that's going on in our heart that we can't even see what you're doing in our community around us. Father, give us eyes to see. And just like I know Melinda's heart is to see so many people do Alpha. Father God, I just pray that we might think about people in our world who we can kind of go, hey... Do you want to do Alpha with me? Hey, can I share with you about this person called Jesus? Because at the end of the day, when we face death, there's really nothing else that matters except how we respond to you and where you are in our hearts. So, Father God, I just pray that you do a work in us and through us. In your precious name, amen. Mr O'Neill's got something. Um, Simon just bought a verse that he wanted me to read out. It's out of Jeremiah 17, verse 8, and I'll read it out. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. I think that was a prophetic word for you. <laughs> we'll get Tim to send that one through to you, so you've got that. We're going to take communion now, so if you want to unwrap the glad wrap on your tables. And the beautiful thing about communion is communion is symbolic of freedom. So you, you don't really understand communion unless you understand the exodus that happened where the people of Israel were freed from um, e- Egypt and they were taken from slavery to freedom and so communion is symbolic of that where we were enslaved internally to our sin to the things that stop us from becoming like God from um, yeah just freedom on the inside Jesus comes he dies for us and we can now experience freedom as a result of that and so that's what the communion's all about, the bread and, and the juice. Remind us of Jesus' body that was broken for us, his blood that was spilt for us, for us to experience freedom. And freedom can be both an event when we come to faith, but it's also an ongoing process. And it's really interesting because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So there's something mysterious that happens when we actually take communion. There's something about us when we actually embody this practice. It does something that we can't actually explain. Theologians can't explain everything that transpires when we actually have communion. But it actually builds us up. It's actually really good for us. It reminds us bodily of what Christ has done. So today we're both going to take it, both believing that that God's going to do something on the inside of us, that maybe there's something that we need freedom from, that he's going to reveal that, that he's going to show us that, so that we don't have to be enslaved to that forever. But also, we're also going to do it prophetically on behalf of those who don't know him, that they will find freedom and be no longer enslaved. 
So Mikey's just going to pop some music on and we, we're just going to take a few minutes to do that and then we're going to pray. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this talk. We've created a free resource for this series which is available for you over at towerracecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. You'll find links in the description. We are praying for you. Have a great week.